Hey there, We Can't Wrestle Podcast listeners. If you haven't noticed, we have switched our server to Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So go ahead, download the free Anchor app, or go to anchor.fm to get started. Highly recommended by me and everybody else here at the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Hello, wrestling fans, and welcome to the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Nate, Aaron, and Kyle, the whole the whole crew is here on this show. The fucking boys are back in town. <laughs> the band is back together, like like the NWO. Hey, yo. I got my pizza-eating bib on. <laughs> and welcome to another edition of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. And uh, this week, we're just... Uh, we're just freeforming it. Whoever brings what they bring to the table is bringing it. No top tens, no pay-per-view reviews, nothing like that. We're just going to talk wrestling for for hour and a half, two hours, and be done with it. Right, guys? Right. All right. I do want to start off real I, quick I, by saying um, our thoughts and prayers with everybody in fucking Florida. Again, another fucking crazy fucking day. People shooting people. Mass shooting going down at a video game tournament of all places. Yeah. So our thoughts and prayers are with them and with the family of uh, Yippie Kaye, John McCain. Yes. Or, wait, no, that's John McClain. Never mind. <laughs> but no, <laughs> with John McCain. Rest in peace, uh, John McCain, one of the last sensible politicians in this country. I voted for him. Yeah. Yeah, he's he was seemed like a good dude. Seemed like a good dude for as politicians go. <laughs> yeah, and I have a special guest in my studio. Got my uh, got my son a new kitten, and this kitten is in the studio with me tonight. I'm afraid I'm going to run it over with my chair. So, well, like I said, just fucking do it already. That way he learns. <laughs> That'll learn him. <laughs> yeah, I'll fucking teach him. First day here, half a tail. That's right. Yeah. It's cute as shit, though. But anyway, so before we go into, Kyle, I know you have uh, something you've been frothing at the bit to give us, oh, uh, yeah. oh, to give yeah. us here on the show. Um, is there any... Aaron, I haven't... Kyle and I watched SummerSlam together, but I haven't... I don't think I've talked to you about SummerSlam. Any opinion on the show? It was mediocre. I thought the way that they did the main event, if they were going to do that main event and have Roman go over, was brilliant. And that they made those fans in Brooklyn, they didn't realize the cash-in wasn't going to happen. And then before they realized it, they cut the cameras off. <laughs> it was yeah, it but... was brilliant. It was brilliant. Uh, you know, that, for... But... My question is, is that what you want, though? Is that what you want? Do you want to trick people into fucking cheering for... Well, they did it with Hulk Hogan in the 80s when he started... In the early 90s when he started losing his popularity. They they peppered in those those cheers and shit all the time. I mean, I know it's a different era, but... I don't know. I, I And then... They did what I said that I thought they should do, they've done. And I thought they would do. 
is they paired him back up with the shield, which means that he'll get cheered because he gets cheered when he's in the shield. I was kind of hoping for a minute that it was like, oh, cool. Maybe they're going to be bad guys. And then the fucking reality struck that I was like, nope. Roman's a baby face, pal. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's a fucking... (laughs) You can put parsley and all kinds of other things on a plate of dookie, but it's still a plate of dookie. (laughs) Yeah. You can dress it up, but it's still shit. You're You're the turkey. It's not that guy's fault. Rant Ramsey would be like, "Raw, it's fucking raw." Yeah, like I want to be like fucking frozen. Just go into Vince McMahon's office and be like, "Shut it down, <laughs> shut it down." <laughs> you fucking dill hole, Vince McMahon. You're the turkey. Okay, so Kyle has mm-hmm. this first topic he wants to discuss. Yeah. I don't know, but I was searching for stuff on Amazon about Jesse Ventura. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I don't have a Jesse Ventura action figure, and one of the mm. first things, one of the what was that? Anybody else hear that? Excuse me. <laughs> one of the first things that popped up was operational mind control. Uh, <laughs> what the cryptology plan for psycho civilization? And it just got the Hellbop guy on the cover of this book. <laughs> oh. <laughs> What? <laughs> Must yeah, be recommended. Reco- if you like Jesse Ventura, you might like this. What the? F- yeah. It's like what? <laughs> I'm not buying the book. I can tell you that. I was searching stuff on here the other day, and buddy of mine's cat jumped up on me about maybe accidentally order something. I was like, whoa, <laughs> stupid ass cat. <laughs> the cat's like, I want, I want you to buy a Floby. <laughs> You ever got drunk and then, like, a couple of days later, something shows up yeah. on Amazon? Oh, yeah. Like, what did I get? <laughs> That's the greatest thing in the world. It's like a fucking, it's like Christmas every day. Now for the, it's for like, the. Like, for I the, don't need, the, I don't need the fucking Chef Ramsay's knife set. Why yeah. did I buy this? Now for the, now for the end of this show, I'll have to uh, put in the song eBay by Weird Al Yankovic as the show goes That's off the something fun year. we could do, like, just give me a random professional wrestler <laughs> well let's tell do... you what the first thing that comes up on amazon is. let's let's do kyle's <laughs> let's do kyle's thing first all right fans it's time to break out your tinfoil hats and your <coughs> and your fucking dakota rings because we're gonna be talking about some pro wrestling conspiracy theories <laughs> not talking about the fucking new world order and the fucking alien agenda we're talking about some pro wrestling pro wrestling conspiracy theories so, first off, let's start off with the fucking one that everybody knows about. The Ultimate Warrior died and was replaced. Yes. Yes, and I remember for a while, it was, uh, like, the rumor was that he was replaced by Carrie Von Erich. Yep. Yeah, like, that was, like, the I remember in, in, in school, all the uh, all the kids talking about that, like, that's not Ultimate Warrior. That's actually Texas Tornado dressed up like Ultimate Warrior. It, what was weird was it was like that was something that that was before the internet or anything like that. That like this rumor fucking got around. Mm-hmm. I think um, I think it. I mean, I think the impetus of it was the fact that when he came back because he was off the roids or using them less or whatever, he was so much smaller. 
than when he left. Because, you know, before when he left the first time, he was just jacked to the gills. Right. And Yeah, uh, but the reason it was stupid was because Kerry Von Eric was still big. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, it was stupid of us as kids to think it was Kerry Von Eric. But I think that that was the reason that, that the rumor got started, that he died. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, then then he actually did die. So, yeah. you know. I mean, no no big loss. Hate to say that, but, you know, garbage. But, garbage what's interesting is if you watch him come back, and what was it? Was it 91? His return... It was WrestleMania 8, It was right? WrestleMania 8, which was 92. And he, like, okay, 92. Because he left, he like, he, his, last, his last match before that was at SummerSlam 91, and then he right. came back at WrestleMania in 92. Well, and to everyone's credit, I mean, he did just fucking disappear. No one knew that he held Vince up for money. Yeah. So, and then, like, when he comes back, his hair is a little bit different colored and everything, so I could see where that... Right. Well, I hate I, that guy. <laughs> he was a douchebag. <laughs> right. Speaking of douchebags, no. let's move on to our next fucking crazy conspiracy theory. You ready for this one? Ready. This is going to be fun. Chris Benoit did not kill his family. It was somebody Kevin, else. It was Kevin Sullivan. Oh, you. Oh, no. Yeah, it was. I re- they say it was Kevin Sullivan. I, I've heard Goldberg. <laughs> Goldberg? <laughs> Because the Jewish, I shit you not, someone's like, Goldberg was a front for the Jewish, for the Jews taking over the country. That's why he was undefeated. And they sacrificed Benoit. I was like, what? Friday night, Benoit's phone rings, he picks it up and just, who's next? And then all of a sudden Goldberg's... Goldberg would not have been able to pull all that off without getting hurt. <laughs> He would have pulled a fucking yeah. 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 At the at the worst, he would have given Benoit a career-ending concussion. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> just ask Bret Hart. Um, yeah, I, I, the um, the Kevin Sullivan one, like the Kevin Sullivan one, is is probably it. If the conspiracy theory was true, the Kevin Sullivan one would probably be the most believable. I guess. Because of the heat and everything and and all that, but I don't know. I, I mean, we all know the truth, but right, yeah. There were, and, and you know, they they always talk about how well this phone call happened this time or this happened this time or you know, and, and I don't know. I and that's also people who think they know what they're talking about. Talking about well, it. it's also the fact if you go back and you look at everything, the fucking investigators royally fucked up the crying scene because like there was that whole theory that daniel had fucking fragile x and he was found with fucking uh marks in his arm and it was like no that wasn't true but now now it's this whole thing that everyone thinks it's the truth and that's the problem with it is Mm -hmm. that too too many uh too much sensationalism in the was so was Goldberg the only other conspiracy or was there another one? Oh, it, it was fucking everything from fucking that Daniel was involved in like the sex rings for the fucking New World Order and just a bunch of <laughs> stupid shit. Oh my shit. god, <laughs> yo, dude, it's oh my god. Like I said, 
<laughs> you just go to fucking hate yourself when you read these. Some of these, it was fucking. Uh, oh my god! But yeah, it's supposed. Like I said, the big one is Kevin Sullivan was fucking got his revenge yeah. because he was a Satanist, and it's like no, he wasn't a Satanist. He just played one he, on TV. Yeah, like, and not terribly convincingly either. By the way, no, no. <laughs> All right, Aaron. But you, got any, you got anything on that? I don't like talking about that stuff anymore. Right. Well, like I said, just bringing it up because of conspiracy theories. All right, let's move on to a fun one. The reason why the macho man Randy Savage was never welcomed back into the Ooh. WWE until he was dead was because he had sex with an underage Stephanie McMahon. Mm-hmm. No, he didn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think... Stephanie's looking mighty fine. Yeah. Mhm. I think that the reason for all the for all the theories and you guys tell me what you think. For all the theories everything that people have said over the years as to why Vince didn't want Randy Savage's name brought up, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, I think cuz from all from everything I've ever heard those two were actually really close. And I think that more than Hogan and more than anybody else, I think that Vince, I think that Vince took Randy leaving very personally. Yep. I, I think that as a as a person, as a friend, he he, and he didn't like the way it was handled. You know, it, it happened behind his back, and because you know, I mean, fuck Vince McMahon. If CM Punk and Vince McMahon could make up today, real quick for a payday, Vince McMahon would let CM Punk come back. You know all the all the things that that people have done over the years. You have Billy Graham, Bruno San Martino, all that stuff. And of all these people, Randy Savage is the one that that seems to stick the most. And I really do. I think it was just because of their friendship. I think I think it was one of the few times that Vince like person got he felt personal instead of business about a situation like that. Well, Macho was the first one that was still like on TV. And went over to WCW. Like, Hogan was gone. Yeah. Yeah. Flair, like, we, Flair, like, Flair was mutual. Right. Uh, I think I think you're right. I think it's just that... I think he thought Macho Man was going to be there forever. And, like you said, friendship. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, I don't think that... If Macho Man had done that, I think you would have heard something about it more or... For as, as shady as pro wrestlers can be, the one thing that people claim to say is that they did not take fucking pedophilia fucking very kindly. Right. I mean, uh, fucking, what was it, Larry the Axe Henning fucking ripped a guy's teeth out because they was talking about it? Yeah, not to mention, I mean, <sighs> you, you look at the women that Randy Savage was with over his time in his life. Yeah. Randy Savage didn't have a problem getting pussy. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> Dig it. No. Nope. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, so since we're on the topic of Hulk Co- or of Randy Savage, I thought you were to say since we're on the topic of pussy, pussy. <laughs> Savage. We're to talk about Brutus Beefcake. <laughs> oh, fuck. All right. So WrestleMania Nine, Hulk Hogan has a black eye. It was supposedly because of a fucking what was it that he they claimed? Yeah, but the the fucking conspiracy is that. 
Savage confronted Hogan over Miss Elizabeth and fucking hit him in the fucking eye. Hit him in the eye, yes. And I love the that the uh, the WWF during WrestleMania made it sound like... I, I always thought it was funny that it was like, Ted DiBiase and IRS have hired some thugs. Yep. And had him beat well, up Hulk. Ma- <laughs> if Macho Ted says DiBiase something... Ted DiBiase says he's sleeping with the fishes. He's right at the moves like, uh-huh. He even makes a comment. Uh, Macho makes a comment on commentary. Hmm, I wonder who gave him that black eye. Mm-hmm. I, I think there's something more to that one. Don't don't think it was the jet ski accident. How in the fuck does a jet ski just hit you in the fucking eye? <laughs> hey, I know a guy that his brother got really fucked up by one. Yeah, like Hogan didn't seem really, you know. Uh, Hogan looked fucked up. But he had a black eye. Like, he didn't look like he his face got smashed in by a fucking... He looked like he got punched in the fucking face, is what he looked like. <clears throat> or maybe he got punched in the face, but it wasn't Randy Savage. And that could have been, too. All right. We got a couple more here to go through. Uh, this one's a fun one. Vince Russo was double agent. Oh, he went to WCW yeah. to fucking kill it. And if he did, he did a fantastic job. Yes, he did. Um, you know, it's funny. The funniest thing about that one is that how how bad do you have to be at your job where people believe that you were sent to sabotage the company you work for? <laughs> well, I mean, though, goddamn, you look at some of the things he did. It was it seemed like that. He was there to fucking kill it. Yeah, and he wasn't. He was just a fucking idiot. I mean, <laughs> a shit stain, as Jim Cornette would say. Just a shit yeah. stain. Um. <laughs> Bro. But if you think about it, he fucking destroyed that company to the point where fucking Vince bought it for, what was it that he bought it for? Dollar store prices. Like Jesus. What did he get it for, like, $2.5 million? Something, yeah, like that, where it's like, Jesus. And, I mean, how much money has he made now off that video library? The funny thing about that is, back then, I mean, other than, like, making DVDs and stuff, who knew? You know what I mean? Who knew that oh, yeah. that you buying this library, he'd have... I mean, I, I know, like I said, their, their original intention was they were going to buy these libraries to make DVDs to have the footage for DVD collections and stuff, but fast forward to 2014. Now you, I think Vince you have enough... always had the idea of having... Yeah, no, they, talk, they talked about having a WWF network back in the day, like an HBO kind of thing, but I actually like... I, I, I am happy that the way that that came about was as a streaming network because... I mean, if you watch the feed, like if you just watch the live feed of the WWE Network, it's kind of, you know, they don't, I don't know, they repeat like the same, the same thing four times in one day, you know, or or whatever. They don't, they don't actually, they don't do enough digging into the library on the live feed, right. you know. Right. Well, they don't want people to see the new stuff or the old stuff, you know. Just yeah. like if they see like SummerSlam. 88, somebody's going to be like, wow, this is really good. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? <laughs> yeah. 
All right. Um, I'm going to leave the, la- the last two are going to be really fucking interesting ones. So, uh, Gino Hernandez was murdered. That Aaron and I have talked about that one before. Um, for for real quick, for any of those fans who may not know who Gino Hernandez is, uh, let's go ahead and shed some light on that for them. He was a eh, he was okay. <laughs> he was he <clears throat> he was a charismatic guy that worked in Texas in the nineteen eighties, Houston. In Houston, yes. And he also worked in World Class for Fritz von Erich. And he was... There There are also... Another conspiracy about him is that he was actually Paul Bosch's son. Yep. By, a, by an affair. But um, he was... A, he was... I know there's a, there are a lot of people that are old school wrestling fans that, that watch Texas and stuff that have a fond affinity for him. I'm I'm not going to say the guy was bad. I'm not the biggest fan. Um, but essentially, he had drug problems. He had lots and lots of demons. And mm-hmm. um, and died at, like, what was he, like 24 or something? Yeah, something really... Well, but like I said, you, you, hear, you hear, like, Michael Hayes talk about, like, you know, that he knew what his limit was and... He had more in his system than anybody could really take, like three times the lethal dose. Mm-hmm. Your wrestlers say that it was in his stomach and stuff. And what say you, Aaron? Goldberg did it. <laughs> Goldberg, Goldberg did it. If I don't take this guy out early in life, I'll never have my opportunity later. No. If I ever want to get into that wrestling business, I don't like very much. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know that I. I mean, drugs being in his stomach, if that's the case, if that, I mean, is that, now is that rumor or is that official? Well, that's rumor. That is, hang on one second here. Because if it's real, then that is a little suspect because, you know, no, 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 no druggy worth his salt's going to take his drugs the wrong way. Right. Um, apparently... Michael Hayes said in, in a 2016 interview, I have a real hard time believing Gino Hernandez OD'd. He was most definitely hanging with the wrong crowd and ran his mouth too much or knew too much or all the above. Uh, Jake Roberts claims that Gino was attached to some heavy people. Uh, well, Jake's although, been attached to some heavy women before. So. Ke- Kevin Von Erich's the one who stated that Hernandez had cocaine in his stomach. And I don't, I don't David, know. David I, Manning says that that the deadbolt on his door was not locked, which he was in a habit of doing all the time. Mm-hmm. But Beefcake Bruce Beefcake says that no, he he did. He he, killed, he committed. He OD'd. That's hey, what how the Bruce fuck? Said. How the fuck does Brutus Beefcake <laughs> now? You know what I mean? Like who interviewed Brutus Beefcake about this? Like it wasn't really an interview. He just mentioned it on the subway. I mean. <laughs> that was random. I was like, Brutus Beefcake. <laughs> he was twenty eight. Twenty eight, okay. Yeah. I knew he wasn't I knew he wasn't thirty. So I guess I 
would tend to believe Michael Hayes. I don't believe any word really that comes Brutus out. Brutus Beefcake was busting the table that these guys were sitting <laughs> like next to it. He was like, I think he OD'd. Like, shut, shut up, shut up, Beefcake. Whenever he comes over to your table, he's just like, um, but Beefcake, why the fuck is there hair in my fucking pastrami? This is fucking ridiculous. I don't believe. I don't believe a word that comes out of Kevin Von Erich's mouth because I don't because I mean his, his it's fa- Kevin Von Erich. Well, no, and as far as telling stories, his family's pretty dirty, you know. Yeah. I mean, they they're from that that Hulk Hogan and Pat Tanaka story storytelling uh ilk. And yeah, I just I I don't I don't believe anything that comes out of his mouth. Um dang gosh. Um, but yeah, so I don't know about that one. I mean, like I said, if they truly straight up found drugs in his stomach, then maybe not even necessarily that someone killed him, but I could see, I mean, birds of a feather flock together, right? And I could see, I could see somebody, maybe there was somebody that was hanging out with him at the time and he OD'd and they left or something, you know? I mean, I can see something like that going down. But... That's how Beefcake knows. <laughs> Beefcake's oh. the one that... <laughs> and is there... Has there ever been a bigger clan of stupid people <laughs> than, than the Von Erics? <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, dang! Like the, like the hearts, they're crazy, you know? Yeah, the hearts were like white and, trash. And but they weren't like just stupid. No, no, they're not stupid. They, I mean, they're trashy. The, like I know, but the Von Erichs, like yeah. when you just look at them, they're just stupid. <laughs> they're all talented and everything, but like they just have like that, like nothing's going on upstairs. Face, <laughs> you know what I mean? Durr. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying, though? Well, I'm sure that's why how people figured out they were like Lance Von Erich is not a Von Erich. <laughs> Well, no, the reason they found that out well, was no. because they'd have, like, Vance Von Erich before that. He was on TV yeah. and shit. Well, I was saying it jokingly because he didn't look like a fucking doofus like the rest yeah. of them. <laughs> that guy doesn't look like a cousin fucker. He's not a Von Erich. What is this? Hills have eyes. Look at these guys. I know. They're all slack jawed. Oh, shit. All right. Either eyes are, like, either too close or too far apart. <laughs> And the last three that we have is going to involve Vince McMahon. This is one I never heard of, is that the McMahons are just actors. Vince McMahon is an actor, and we've no one has ever seen the real McMahons. <laughs> I think that's fantastic. I think yeah. that's, a, I think a, great, that's a great story. I line. was about to say, that's a great angle. Like... <laughs> One day just comes out. It's like this smooth black dude. <laughs> I'm actually, I I am actually Vincent Kennedy McMahon. <laughs> I don't think that's like a, something that people really conspire about. Somebody just was funny and wrote that. <laughs> but yeah, I put that in there because I thought that was fucking hilarious. <laughs> no one has ever seen the real. No Vince one's McMahon. ever seen the real Vince McMahon. Turns oh, out he's shit. Filipino. Who knew? 
<laughs> All right, so let's go to two that are fucking possibly real. And out of any conspiracy theories, these are the two that I think have some fucking weight behind them. That Shawn Michaels and Vince McMahon were lovers. I think that one, to be honest with you, I think that that one is, okay, half truth. It's half truth, okay, or possibly half truth. I think that Vince McMahon and Shawn Michaels is a is something that I've only ever heard come out of the mouth of bitter ex-employees. Right. Who didn't get a push and didn't like the way shit went down. So, But <laughs> what I will say, I don't think Vince McMahon and Shawn Michaels were ever gay together. But what I will say is that Shawn Michaels got to get away with pretty much more than anybody ever has when he was a shithead. Yeah, that's and, the thing about it. And at the time, Mr. Pat Patterson was very powerful in that company. And very influential to Vince McMahon. And am I going to say that anything happened? No, but am I going to say that there is a possibility that Shawn Michaels may or may not have... Sucked the dick of Pat Patterson? <laughs> Or whatever Pat wanted, really. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. You know, you, you can look at it from two ways. You can look at it as there was something going on, and that's why Sean got away with more than anybody ever. Or did they just never really want to let him go because he really was the best in the business, you know? Because mm-hmm. that happens in territories, too. The, the person... Uh- a person that's your best guy gets away with all kinds of shit. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. I I don't believe. I don't believe uh, Vince McMahon and Shawn Michaels were were uh, laying the pipe. I don't. I don't think so. But like I said, to me that it's a very interesting because, like like you were saying, for Shawn to sit there and basically kick in the door, in all accounts to anybody that's ever talked about, it, tell Vince to go fuck himself. And Vince fucking chase after him. And throw like, all, no way, Sean, no way. Throw throw all the fits that he threw and and yeah. I mean I, I, I just I don't but I just don't see that as being the there there was there were some there was something political, something going on that that let him get away with all the shit he got away with. Other than like right. I said, I mean other than like I said at that at the time that he was acting the way he was acting Vince was up against it. And <laughs> that's that's funny. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> oh shit! And didn't want to lose him. He was right. up against it and didn't want to lose him. I just can't quit you. Speaking of speaking of the stand back. Have you seen the fucking Ultimate yeah, Warrior? Fuck my crack. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen the Ultimate Warrior? Somebody took his fucking uh, shoot video and pasted it together to make it sound like Vince fucked him with Hulk Hogan. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh my god, it's fucking hilarious. I have seen that, yes. Alright, so let's end with one that I I think it's going to bring a lot of debate. The Montreal Screwjob was a work. Kevin Nash says yes. Um, the more you look at it, I, you can't think that Brett was that dumb. 
You guys there? I am. I think... Oh, okay. I think... Uh, there is... I don't think so. I don't think so. But I do say, to me, there is there is credence to that one. Or, or the screw job was a work... There's a lot of things that you can say point to it, like, oh, it just so happens that this documentary is getting filmed at this time. Right. Yeah, it just so happens that uh, that that the last the last chance to dance for Brett is going to be in Canada. Um, it, there, there's lots of just so happens, and and sometimes coincidences do happen, and things fall into place, and all that. But I think that. I think that I almost believe that in the beginning they were working together and it went bad somehow, if that makes sense. Like, I think, I think it it was, it was a, it was a work that got worked into a shoot and there was animosity. I mean, cause I mean, to be honest, you'll never know. Cause it's like Nash says, if you're looking at a professional wrestler, they're working, they're working you. You know? Exactly. It, that's it, the biggest. Even in a shoot interview, shoot, I, they're not shooting. I mean, the yeah, if they got a personal grudge to get off their chest or something, or they really don't like somebody, they're probably going to shit on them. But uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't think it was a work. The whole thing. I know that. I mean, part of it was a work anyway, because essentially Vince, <sighs> Vince was telling Brett, "Let's work you." into a bigger contract with WCW. Right. So technically, yes, they were working w, the WCW side. But I don't think that it went down the way they planned. Well, and... the thing that got me about it was the fact that it's like, okay, you think... It's like, Brett, here's what we're going to do. We're going to screw you it in Montreal. You're going to be the biggest fucking thing that is ever came out of wrestling. <coughs> because you're going to have this to fucking live on. Shit, talk me all you want. I don't care. Right. As long as it fucking you know makes you more money, and it was mutually beneficial because Vince could parlay it into being a heel on his own television. Right. And and if if Brett was really worried because you hear the stories that you hear, it's changed over the years, and you know. Brett says, oh, well, I never trusted Sean. I had that feeling something was going to happen. Then why would you let him put you in the fucking sharpshooter? Right. If you fucking truly thought that somebody, you know, that they were going to screw you, why would you not? Because the referee's Earl. I'm not going to trust Earl. (laughs) Still, I mean, you know, at that point, it's like, what's Earl fucking Heffner going to do? Because if the fucking, the boss tells you, Hey, you're gonna fucking screw this guy. Guess what? Brett ain't gonna pay your fucking bills. <laughs> this is true. So, so you know what I mean? If Vince it, says you're gonna screw this guy. You're gonna screw this guy. Just ask Shawn Michaels. <laughs> no. And he was like, "You're gonna screw Pat Patterson, Pally." Uh, it's just like it's just like any any place uh, else. Keep... If you were somebody, that, if you're HR and they say, "Hey, we fire this guy." Are you going to sit there and be like, no, I'm not going to fire him. No, you're going to fucking do it because it's what you were told to do. And whether it's right or wrong, 
that person ain't gonna fucking pay your bills. Right. Oh, I, you know, I don't know. My, my, my verdict is that it was a, originally a work that got worked into a shoot and there were hard feelings. And that's what I think, because I think the relationship really was sour. I don't doubt any of that. Because Vince fucked him and it it is what it was and Brett deserved it. the, The reason that I know that it was that in the end there were really the hard feelings that they were is that in 2001 when Vince McMahon bought WCW, if those hard feelings would have been worked, Bret Hart would have been right back in the WWF in 2001. I mean, I know he, he was. Have... I know he wasn't well, but he would have been with the company, right? Period. You know, I mean, if, if you don't have personal animosity, who's gonna pay? Who's gonna pass up at least getting that paycheck? You know, so you can right. keep your wonderful lifestyle. Um, speaking of shoot interviews, just real quick before we take a break, I already told Aaron this, but Kyle, I got to tell you this. I watched a. Uh, I was watching a shoot interview with, of all people, Hornswoggle. Oh, really? And here, you're going to love this, and we'll, we'll go to our break for this, but I want to hear, I want here to hear your reaction to this, because I laughed for a long time. Did you know that when Hornswoggle first met The Rock, The Rock thought Hornswoggle was a Make-A-Wish kid. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that great? <laughs> oh, that's fucking funny. Hornswoggle was like, yeah, he tried to play it off later like he was joking, but he wasn't joking. <laughs> and you know, you know somebody, fucking Vince, he, or somebody had their fucking hands in that one. Because he said like, Rock came up to him and was like, how you doing, buddy? Did you enjoy the show? Because <laughs> you know damn well that somebody fucking told him that it was. <laughs> like, hey, we got this fucking Nickwish guy, this kid in the fucking back. You need to go say hi to him. <laughs> It's fucking funny. All right, let's take a break. And then uh, I probably have a couple of questions I'd like to pose to you guys. <coughs> find out find out what Aaron's bringing to the table. I told you. You're going to search on Amazon. You guys are going to give me names, and we're going to see some of this wacky shit that comes <laughs> up on Amazon. <laughs> I right. like this. I ain't All got right. nothing. And by the so way, I am, I am the ha- I am the probably... I don't know that anybody's ever been happier doing a podcast today because the entire time we're we're doing this podcast, I'm playing with a kitten. <laughs> so yeah, I'm having the greatest time ever. <laughs> well, as I've as I've told you multiple times, and I think I told you on at SummerSlam, like the reason why cats are assholes is because they're the fucking perfect killing machine. But God made them fucking fifteen pounds. <laughs> yes, and, <laughs> and all they can really kill is a shoestring or a little poofy ball. Or, yeah. or once in a while a cricket, if they can catch it. Well, your one fucking loves to bring you fucking crickets. Yes, yes, cricket parts. Yes, that's great. So we'll take a break. We'll come right back with more of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Stay tuned. All right, welcome back to the We Can't Wrestle podcast. And uh, like I said before, we're just free-forming it on this week's show. So anything that's coming up, Aaron's apparently going to get on Amazon. 
search around. Aaron, are you there? Can you hear me now? Yes, we can hear you. All right. All right. Not here. talking about other things, but did you listen to the rest of whatever I told you to listen to? Not yet. Oh, my gosh. Not yet. We might just have to listen to it later on our own. <laughs> okay. <laughs> as, a, as a group. As a, some of the funniest things I've ever heard. As a family. We'll listen to it as a family. We don't have to listen to it recorded-wise because it's not wrestling-related, but it's really funny. All right. We're going <laughs> to gather around the, we're gonna gather around the table. Yes, and break bread and listen to the family. So I have a question that I want to pose to you guys since we're just okay. free-forming it today. Something that I'm interested in hearing your thoughts on. 2018, as we're recording, it's August 27th, 2018. So we're talking August 27th, 2022. Where do you see the business in four years? Because I have, I have my theory, just the way things are right now. Where do you see the business in four years? What's going on? What's like is it status quo? Is it what's going on? Is it worse? Is it better? It's worse. I think it's gonna be the same that we're same thing as we're having right now. I think it's gonna be the same. Now, Aaron, I think. Aaron, why do you say it's worse? Because it ain't getting any better. Something drastic's gonna have to happen. Kyle. You say status they're not, quo. They're not, they're not gonna. They're not gonna lose all their networks and everything in two years. So, Kyle, hmm? you said status quo, right? Yep, it's the status quo since 2011. Since since 2000, fucking four is status quo. I, I mean, each year we keep hoping that you know, oh, maybe this will be the year that fucking things will, unless Vince McMahon dies in the next four years. It's just going to be the same thing it is now because the company's making money. I don't, I don't, okay. I don't see it the same way, and here's why. Yes, on a much larger scale, yes, the company's making a lot more money, but I, I almost see 2018 as comparable to 1996. And here's why I okay. say that. Hear me out. All right. Okay, first of all, and. I'll get through all this crap, and then we can discuss it. But first of all, I don't think in 2022 the McMahons own WWE anymore. I think that I think that everything they're doing right now is positioning Vince to sell that company to Disney or Fox or somebody. They're going to sell the company. I'm not saying that the McMahon family won't still be in charge of running day-to-day operations, but I see within the next two to four years, WWE is part of a conglomerate. Okay. And secondly, All In in Chicago sold out. Ring of Honor and New Japan have sold out Madison. Or they're they're going to go to Madison Square Garden. I don't know if it's sold out or not yet. I don't even know if tickets have gone on sale yet. But Ring of Honor and New Japan are going to do a show together in Madison Square Garden. Another company, two companies, going into Madison Square Garden. I think, personally, based on everything I'm seeing and everything I've observed, I think that by the time 2022 comes around, I think Ring of Honor and New Japan are going to be one company. I think they're going to merge, and I think they're going to take on WWE 
in the United States, and based on the fact that independent wrestling is now selling out at the Allstate Arena, based on the fact that New Japan and Ring of Honor are going to be able to promote a successful show in Madison Square Garden, I think that for the first time since WCW closed down, WWE is really about to have some real competition on their heels. And so I honestly, I see another wrestling war coming. Nope. It's what's needed. I, I, that's what I see. I don't know if you guys don't see what I see or if you think I'm totally off base or I don't think you're, I don't think you're off base at all. I'm hoping that's the case. I'm hoping that I'm optimistic, but I don't know. We'll see. That wrestling fans, wrestling fans want change. And there's never, there hasn't been a time since WCW went out of business where that was more evident than this year. They want change, and they either want change in a company that's going to come up and compete with WWE, or they at least want someone to give WWE some competition to get WWE back in the competing mode because that's when they're at their best. That's when Vince is at his best, when his back's up against the wall. Yeah. And just as Shawn Michaels. <laughs> so yeah, I mean that's my theory. I don't know. What do you guys think? Am I like I said? Am I off base? Do you have any other things to add to that? Does what I said change your mind at all? It kind of changes my mind. I'm optimistic. I hope. Aaron. I just think it's going to get worse. I really do. That would be terrible. It's, it's going to become a television company. I would get. That would, do you think that? Do you think I'm right about them get like getting ready to get bought out? Like, do you see I don't what know I'm if they'll saying? Get bought out, but they're going to become a television company no matter what. And he and basically it, already is a television company. So, what? Well, the worst thing about that for me. Is if it gets worse, if WWE gets worse, I I'm I'm running the risk of within a couple of years not really watching WWE anymore. As awful as that sounds, like I already don't watch it like I used to. Like if I if I have a busy week and I and I miss Monday Night Raw and SmackDown. I don't worry about it anymore. Like it used to be appointment viewing for me. And now there might be weeks where I can wait till fucking Thursday, Friday, Saturday to sit down and watch the shows back to back. And then I fast forward through half of it. Um, and the show sucks. it, 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 It has weeks where it's good. And the wrestling action is good. I actually, it's funny because if you think about, and I don't know about you guys, but like 1998, I would watch, I, I had to watch Monday Night Raw. Or even before that, I mean, just from fucking when I started watching wrestling until probably about 2012, I had to watch the weekly wrestling show. And then you get into the Attitude Era, and to be honest, I, I preferred watching the show over the pay-per-view. Because the pay-per-views during the Attitude Era, if you watch them as a whole, they really aren't that great. 
You have no, your it's... you have your main event matches, and the rest of it's just these short ass matches that's a clusterfuck. Now the funny thing is, I'd rather watch a recap of the weekly shows than watch the pay per view because the pay per views are really good wrestling shows. Like every single month, I go into pay per views thinking. Well, this is going to be ass because I'm not I'm not engaged in this at all. And then I watch the show and I'm like, well, that was a really good wrestling show. The the when they're when they're allowed to have the longer matches and it's a pay per view and you know you've got a Seth Rollins or 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 Drew McIntyre or even Roman Reigns. I mean, people people hate it. people hate on Roman Reigns because they don't like the way shit's booked. But if you if you isolate a Roman Reigns match. He has good matches. He has better matches than what fucking Goldberg or Steve Austin had. As far now as that, as far as a wrestling match goes, yes. Now that's you know that's not really Austin's fault because of a fucking broken neck, but because of WCW, who's a great wrestler, but and Roman Reigns, if cast properly, could be everything Vince wanted him to be because he's got charisma. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got great heel charisma. He's a fuck. He comes off as a douchebag, you know. I mean, to me, every time I watch him, I'm like, I don't know why this guy isn't a heel. He's a douchebag. <laughs> he's just a natural douchebag. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just I think, and I guess it's being optimistic, hoping that I really I, I do. I think that WWE in four years is gonna be owned by a conglomerate and I think that Ring of Honor and New Japan are gonna be one company. I mean, granted you'll have New Japan in Japan and Ring of Honor in the US, but I think that it's gonna be an official I think there's gonna be a merger of some kind between those two companies. And um like I said, I mean all in you you talk about all in, that's proof that people want something different. Those guys Three guys that aren't on, that don't have WWE exposure, and and granted, I mean a lot of a lot of what they've been able to accomplish is because we live in the age of the internet. But you take everything into account, you know Vince McMahon expanded because of cable. So you take everything into account with the way the business is now, and I just think, at, or I'm hopeful that this is the beginning of a new wrestling war, and that everybody because of that, steps up their game. Right. I, You know what? I'm going to say that I'm I'm hoping you're right. I really am. As a wrestling fan, I hope I'm right. Because, and as a WWE, you know, I've been a WWE guy since I was a little guy. And like I said, I'm at the risk of, of starting to call myself a fucking Ring of Honor guy. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I watch Ring of Honor's show, and I find my. I, I watch the whole thing, and I have the Honor Club, and they have. I don't watch because they they broadcast their weekend house shows every weekend on their on their Honor Club, and I can't say that I watch every single show from beginning to end. But what I can say is I watch more of those shows in their completion than I watch Monday Night Raw. Yeah. Um, well. It- here, here's a question for you. If, if, if Monday Night Raw was the hour program that fucking Ring of Honor and stuff is, would you, would you watch it more? Is it, is it the fact that the shows are no better, or is it the fact that it doesn't have anything to do with the time, the time for me because I watch Raw on Hulu. 
So I only have a 90-minute Raw anyway. Right. So I'm not having to watch a three-hour Raw. I can't even imagine what that's like for people. <laughs> I, can't, I can't even imagine uh, it. Having to watch it for three hours with commercials and everything, I can't imagine it. Cause at that point, it's just background noise to the, whatever you're doing. The way the show is now, that seems to me like it would be mind-numbing. Right. I like to, I like you to know watch what? Monday Night you know? Raw. And... I like when Roman Reigns comes out because it gives me something to fuck my wife to. <laughs> it gets me in rhythm. The thing is, they say that the crowd's tired by the time they're at the end of this show. Okay, for one, if that's the case, why are you allowing them to get tired? And two, that saying that when Raw was two hours, like at like 98, right? Right? Yeah. Yeah, they the were fans in that building were still watching three hours of wrestling. Yeah, because they because were taping they taped, heat. They taped, they taped jacked and metal and heat, and all they had dark bullshit. matches. Well, or the tele and, and granted they. So did, it's just that what's going on in the ring doesn't fucking matter, right? And think about this: people were willing in from from you know what nineteen eighty seven until probably nineteen ninety six before they started putting every match being a, a, a superstar versus a superstar match, people were willing to sit through four and five hours of jobber matches. Yeah. You know, and still but granted they did soup up the crowds a little bit during some stuff, but in reality when you got to the main event match, five hours into the taping the people were still hot because they were they were happy with the product. And yeah, so that that's that excuse doesn't work for me either. Like when they try, and everybody and everybody can say what they want to say about Vince Rousseau, but at least when Vince Rousseau was doing it, everybody out there was out there for a reason. They all had something going on. No matter how garbage it was, that's true. And there I, was still something for that for somebody to be like. Somebody in that audience could be like, "This is the guy I like because I like that." And Kyle, I you think, know what I mean. Kyle, I think on last week's show when we discussed Vince Rousseau, I said the same thing. You know, like that's, whenever that's Apollo one... Crew comes out, why should I care? Yeah, just he's got, because he's really good in the ring. He's got so is everybody on. else. Yeah, well, and that 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 comes back to a couple of things. That comes back to first of all, you've got television writers writing wrestling, which is that's what I told you. It's already a fucking television company, but. Another thing about that is the other reason that happens is they they have this not just entertainment, but they have this weird thing now where they want to treat it's so funny because in kayfabe when we were kayfabe, it was like, oh, we don't want people to know wrestling's fake. We want them to think it's legit, but they didn't they didn't care about the outlandish and shit they were just like ah fuck it you know but now it's almost like WWE so badly wants to be accepted by the mainstream that they go too far into treating it like a real sport if that makes sense like too much of a, a clean crisp sports presentation and it's monotonous it's monotonous. But, and it, but the, see, the, the problem with that is, and I get where you're coming from with that, but to me the problem with that is, uh, it's like if you're going to treat it like it's a sport, like a sport, then treat it like a sport. You know, sit there and say, you know, 
this match is sanct- you know sanctioned by the boxing wrestling commission it's you know whatever the case might be that way it looks like it's a fucking real contest i right. mean it's almost like they're trying to have their cake and eat it too like they got that they got my hopes up what was it 20 was it when they first did the the latest brand split like 2016 where they said they were going to have a a top 10 yeah on smackdown and that turned out to be some garbage thing where they said the wrestlers got to vote or whatever. It wasn't even, like, they got my hopes up with that one because, you know, I mean, it was it was cool back in the day when, like, WCW would have a top ten every week. It showed you that guys were competing for something. Or when they'd talk about in the WWF about, you know, because of, because of all the victories that, uh, I don't know, Skinner's been getting. They're considering giving Skinner some shots at the Intercontinental title. They don't even do that anymore. You know, they, it's, it's, I don't know. It's, I just want it to get better, and I'm hoping that I'm right. <laughs> You're right. not. <laughs> then if you watch Raw, whoever the general manager is at the time, like Kurt Angle, I know he's gone away for a little bit or whatever. If wrestling was really like Kurt Angle, like why was he? Gen- he wasn't any good at his job. <laughs> like, like what? he never put a he never put a show together until he got to the building, and then he was just like, "Oh, okay, this guy can fight this guy. All what? right, we're gonna do that." And the other thing that doesn't help anybody that's a uh, an authority figure on Raw is everybody's got a, the the new role on Raw is everyone has to bow down and kiss, kiss Stephanie McMahon's ass. And she's she, the fucking she gets reason to, for the she uh, gets to talk women's to, revolution. Yeah. Oh yeah, I forgot. I mean, I, I try to wake up every day and pray to my effigy of Stephanie McMahon because she's her she's she's just bringing the business to. Oh oh, speaking of that, something from Raw this week. That's another thing they do in WWE now that totally hurts their product. They have Triple H come out and cut this promo about this. And it's cool that he's going to have a match with The Undertaker in Australia. That's cool. Have an attraction. You know what I mean? That'll make people want to watch the show. And that's great. And there's nothing wrong with nostalgia acts. And there's nothing wrong with saying, yeah, we're going to have a big fight between The Undertaker and and Triple H in in Australia. Or we're going to rekindle the rivalry between John Cena and Kevin Owens in, in, in Australia. The problem is, you come out. What it's it's the context of the promo. Triple H comes out and cuts this promo about how him and Undertaker are going to have this match, and and it's going to be great because it's from it's from it's from that that last era that was so great. Yep. That last era was so great, and we're going to let you relive the last era that was so great when we were wrestlers, not these. Ponzi's that we've got in the ring now that could never live up to anything we've ever done. Do you see what I'm saying? Like you, yep, you, you, you have him Triple come H's out. Going. You have him come out. You have this guy come out who's semi-retired, for all intents and purposes. And what he's doing is he's he's putting over the fact that you're going to get to see this, and we know you've been wanting to see this because what we're giving you is garbage anyway. <laughs> You're yep. you're 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 cutting the guys off like a Seth Rollins or Roman Reigns or Dean Ambrose or anybody. You're cutting them off at the knees before they ever even get a chance to succeed. 
for your own fucking egos. Right. I'm going to make a bold prediction right now that I really believe that fucking Dean Ambrose is going to get pushed to the fucking moon. And he should. Well, I think it's because of the simple fact that Vince is going to look at him and be like, well, goddamn, he didn't take... He didn't take his time off lightly. He's in better shape and stuff. And he got a good. Like, I just he got a good Triple H kind of look going on, you know. Yeah, I really truly think that you're going to see fucking Dean Ambrose push to the moon. Uh, well, and I, I I think that I think that he will. He deserves it. And no, absolutely. And, I just. I mean, I, I got to say here on the record, I don't. I don't like to put Aaron over a lot because he likes to put himself over, but. I have to say, Best list ever. Aaron Aaron called Moxley before anybody else in this room. No, he did absolutely. Nothing to say. Like you're not going to oh. help me put you're, you over. You're, you're doing fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to stop you. You're you're doing great on your on your own there. <laughs> this is great. I want to know if WWE is going to bring in. Um, at that big show they're going to have if they're bringing in Peter Silsbury. Peter Silsbury? Who the fuck yeah. is that? That's Outback Jack. <laughs> Greatest Australian wrestler of all time. Oh, there's going to be more than enough fucking fucking down under goddamn Crocodile Dundee fucking quotes and shit because what because show. because we know you're hawking him back to an old era <laughs> at in sydney it's going to be outback jack and pete doherty yeah that's not a wrestler this is a wrestler <laughs> pete i doherty. mean name me a more i thought outback jack was a, dead he ain't dead he's only 60 years old he is he is the in Australia, he is the number one district manager for Target. He, he can come out there with Buddy Murphy. You know Buddy Murphy will be there. <laughs> Buddy Murphy's Australian. Yeah, Peter like when that dude arrives at the airport, you ever seen that? Mm-hmm. Outback Jack comes to America, shows up at the airport. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. Everything leading up to that dude coming in was awesome. Yeah, and then, he wrestled, and then, he, and then the bell and you rang. were like, oh, my goodness. That guy should not have had that. That shouldn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> and Bobby Heenan, like the first time that he hears Gorilla Monsoon that say that 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 um, <clears throat> Outback Jack is from Humpty Doo, Australia, he's so happy. <laughs> <laughs> like he doesn't even say anything right away, but Monsoon's like, "There's Outback Jack from Humpty Doo, Australia." And his little face, his fat little face, just lights up. Like, like, like he knows he's got some shit. He's for like, this. he's like, joke, 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 joke. Yeah. <laughs> like he's so happy when he hears that. Oh, the old days. What I'm saying, it's the best. Yeah, like, and I, I really do. I, I mean, I honestly, I, I look forward. You know, back in the day, I used to look forward to. Oh, it's Monday. It's Monday Night Raw. Now I will I will skip watching Raw and SmackDown because I am hooked on watching you know a five week run of Mid Atlantic 
or something. I'd rather watch something that I've already seen and that has already happened. Right. I don't. I don't watch um, it on a consistent basis. This this is not an ad for for this, but uh, I have found a new game that I'm totally fucking addicted to, and I truly think that everyone should check it out. It is called uh, '80s Mania Wrestling Returns. I've never played it. I've heard that it's okay. No, it is. It's better than okay. It's fucking fun as fuck. Basically, you are a booker, and like you go from the years 1980 to 1999, mm-hmm. and you book your own pay per views and blah, blah blah. And then, like with your money, you can buy new wrestlers and stuff. And it's fucking hilarious because like all the wrestlers are fucking. Uh, they're based off of wrestlers and off of like uh, movies and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, like uh, one of the guys in there is you remember from Ghostbusters two, Vigo or whatever the big yeah. guy or whatever. Yeah, he's he's in there. <laughs> they have Ghostbusters in there. They've got fucking anything and everything. Well, my favorite one is Booking Revolution. That's a fun game. That one's and like that. And the greatest thing is, unlike Booking Revolution, it doesn't take forever to fucking get through the thing. Well, Booking Revolution, you're never supposed to get through it. Like, I just hated how long it took to fucking get through the, the match. Like, I don't want to fucking play it. I you wanna... don't have to play the match. You can skip it. But it takes forever. No, it doesn't. It takes 20 seconds. And what's cool it... about this, what's cool about this is as you go, you get fucking different arenas. You get like the Silver Dome, or you can fucking book a goddamn banquet hall. It's fun. Well, I'm not saying your game isn't fun. I'm just telling you, give it a try. You'll get fucking hooked to it. It's it's fun. When you sent I me, got a, I got a guy right now that's like Darth Vader. When you sent me a message the other night about it, I downloaded. I just haven't got a chance to get into it yet. Yeah, and it's funny because you can pick like three different bookers and shit. <laughs> like you could pick like Vince McMahon or fucking, dude. It's funny as fuck. It's 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 a good time. Like <coughs> now, what I will say is, if you if you just set it to where you don't have to um, play the matches on Booking Revolution, okay? Uh huh. And you simulate results, and you let that game and you play it for. I don't know. Play it for a few days. Play through a promotion. It can be... It can be the most... And I know what you're saying about 80s mania. It sounds like it's pretty cool. Um, but Booking Revolution can be the most... I, I, I'm i not a... a. It sounds funny because I used to... I worked for GameStop for years. But I've never been a really hardcore gamer. Right, like I find games here and there, like a Fallout or Skyrim or, or um, right now I'm messing with those Telltale Batman games. You know, they're fucking great, aren't yes, they? Yes, they are. I, I find the the fucking story on those. Yeah, it's awesome. But I, I mean, I, I'm that guy that finds something once in a while and I play it for a while, and then I'm I'm done. Okay, that's right. just that's just the kind of gamer I am. This that Booking Revolution game, I have had that on my phone for two almost two years now. And I still play it every single day. Like, 
it's it, my wife has even told me I've never seen you. You're addicted to that game. I've never seen you play a game like that. Like it's just, and you can pick it up and and your progression of your promotion. You can pick it up, play it for a couple of shows or or pay, through a pay per view or whatever, and then you're done with it for the day or whatever. But if you let it play out and you let you know wrestlers change their gimmicks and and you get to change you know you switch promotions or whatever it really can be like one as a wrestling fan one of the most addicting things you ever ever pick up and so, you get mad at like like things that are like 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 you play it long enough and like you get somebody like super popular and then they quit and you're like legitimately mad at this little yeah because graphic. now they fu- and you're like you little motherfucker yeah, you f- I made you what you are <laughs> you, f- <laughs> you fucked my promotion Iron yeah. Sheik <laughs> yeah like right now I got in one promotion I got Masura Mas- bah, I got Masawa Owen Hart Jake Roberts Jushin Liger Brian Pillman, Terry Funk, Eddie Guerrero, Chris Jericho, Triple H, Scott Steiner, Randy Savage, Yokozuna, Raven, Bret Hart, Sting, Dusty Rhodes, Dr. Death, which they're my tag team champions and they're unstoppable. Chris Benoit, Iron Sheik with an afro. (laughs) (laughs) Scott Norton, Sabu, Bubba Dudley, Big Boss Band. Colt Cabana, Curtis Axel, uh, Brutus Beefcake, uh, um, Headbanger Mosh, and Bald Doink, and they're dressed up like the Headbangers, Um, Animal, The Sheik, uh, Demolition Axe, and I'm I'm the promoter, Disco Inferno, and I am the champ. All right. I am over like a rover. Now hear this, hear (laughs) Here is my current roster. I have Drew McIntyre, Raven, D'Lo Brown, Shane Douglas, <laughs> Two Cold Scorpio, Bobby Roode, Taz, Bully Ray. Are you running Impact? Bully Ray. I, I took it over. I was running uh, New Japan. Bully Ray, Sandman, <coughs> Cesaro, <clears throat> James Storm, Crow Sting, Sid Vicious, who's one half of my tag team champions with Barry Windham, um, Manic. I have uh, two random Japanese guys, so I don't know who they're supposed to be. Not only do I have Crow Sting, but I also have um, Beach Sting. Beach Sting, which when I have both of them at the same time, Beach Sting is an imposter. Um, <laughs> Stang, Randy Orton. The big boss man, Seth Rollins. My world champion is Masahiro Chono. <laughs> My world television champion is Dan Severn. I also have Jeff Hardy, Kerry Von Erich, the British Bulldog, CM Punk, Sabu, um, Okada, Coco Beware, <laughs> who, by the way, is one of my most popular wrestlers, Itami, and the Blue Meanie. So, I mean, just the shit you can do on that game is Yes, and, and the big news story on my game recently was that Arn Anderson came out as a homosexual. And I, when Aaron sent me a text message about that, I think I referred to him as a bear. <laughs> yeah. So I do like that Patterson control. When Pat Patterson comes up to Arn Anderson, he's like, I don't know you. But anyway. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's funny when they get creative control because they'll do some wacky shit. Like, they'll grow an afro or start, you know, like, uh, uh, Harley Race will start dressing like Roman Reigns <laughs> or something, you know. It's, it's Well, you know all... that you know that Miss Viola lady mm-hmm. that was, like, wearing, like, the fishnets and, like, the eye patch and all that? Yes. I am super lucky that Steve Dr. Death Williams did not have creative control. Because he wanted to dress like her. This guy came to me and he's like, "Have you ever heard of Miss Viola?" Quack quack. <laughs> I think we can. I think we can do it better. And I was like, "Oh, oh no, no!" Especially because he was like teaming with Dusty Rhodes, and I didn't want like Dusty Rhodes to show up. Like, we're supposed to be a team, baby. <laughs> I had to go. <clears throat> but not to bore anybody that doesn't have that game. Yes. But it's a good game. I think actually, I'll give, actually, I'll give your game a shot, Kyle. If you give our game another shot. I will give your game another shot. I'm always looking for something fun to do. you got to stay with it. And you can't think I'm never going to get to the end of this game because there isn't an end to that game. Yeah, I I played through. You you start with whatever month and year it really is in the calendar in your your phone. Um, I remember, I think it was 2017 sometime when I was playing the game. So I started in 2017 and I actually booked, I mean, I went through probably about three or four promotions, but over the time, I actually got to like 15 years. You know, wrestlers die in the game, wrestlers overdose in the game, they, they die. murder other wrestlers, they die in the ring, or you start in 2017 and now, <laughs> you're, now your game's in 2027, and, uh, you know, the big boss man is dressed like gold dust. So, you know, I mean, <laughs> right. as time goes on, things happen, and it's just, you know, it's just fun. And at this point, I think these two games owe us some sponsorship money. Oh, yeah. Because we really yeah. put them over. Well, yeah, so, like, I mean, in this thing, you can fucking, like, they have the British Bulldog, and his name is Britt Buckingham. Now, did it? I, I, when I downloaded it, I started it up, okay? Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I didn't get any further because, to be honest, I downloaded it and probably like 20 minutes later I needed to go to bed because I had to work in the morning. Right. Um, and it looked like, like, when you play it, does it play like a, like a card game? Basically what it does is it look, is that it, you... it, Everything looked like trading cards, that's why I'm asking. You get cards, and that's what the wrestlers are, is mm-hmm. like cards. Mm-hmm. And then as you play through, you'll get cards that are like like Starboy, which is like the, the version, their version of Starman from the NES Pro Wrestling. Okay. But you'll get, like, as they become more popular, you'll get a card that is his merchandise, like a toy or a video game. Mm-hmm. And then as long as they're on your show, you put that in to get extra money. I see. Okay. So yeah, it's kind of like what, a card game where, like, I, like, I, I don't, and that, that's why I asked because I, I wouldn't if it was like a like quote unquote like a card game, I probably wouldn't be able to get into it because I don't, I don't dig on card games like that. Like, um, what am I trying to think of? Like some of those D and D games are like card games. It sounds like that old game that used to get in the back of like PWI. Basically, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Long story short, like the cards, like like each, like every twelve hours, new cards show up, and you can buy that wrestler, mm-hmm. and then then you book. It's basically a booking simulator. You book them in matches, and the cards, like you can have a card that is a false count anywhere, 
or you can and then you get yeah. cards that are for like sponsorships and yeah, it sounds like an like a uh electronical electronical an electric version of that intergalactic wrestling they used to play through the mail yeah kind of okay but everything okay. is like I said, it's not like battling cards it's basically the cards are the wrestlers and you book them against each other gotcha. and then gotcha. you know yeah okay <clears throat> all right and well, then like each show it tells you what title match you'll have on that show and your job is to like book the best show that you can and get better ratings mm-hmm. than the other because there's two other promotions one of them is the AWA. Yeah. Oof. <laughs> so one of them, one of them is well. But what's interesting is like the AWA is more like the WWF version, mm-hmm. and then you have the WOW, which is kind of like the WCW, and then you have some other one that's like the ECW. Okay. And you can pick any of the three, and then, like I said, you're basically your job is to as you play the game, you unlock. Like, you start off with Fairgrounds and uh, the UAW Hall, and then you can get, like, the Silver Dome and stuff. And depending on, like, how well you're... Res- like, they have... Like, you'll have opener guys. Like, there's a guy that... There's a team called the uh, Chess Guy and something else, and they're like Shawn Michaels and Marty Giannini, and the mm-hmm. more you book them in better matches, the better they do, and the more the crowds like them. The higher they go up on the card. Exactly, yeah. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, like I said, it, it gets kind of fun, man, because it's not something that really needs a lot of attention to. I haven't had to spend any money, and I was able to get Bret Hart. <laughs> I haven't had to spend any money. That's always a good... Well, I'm sold. Well, you know, I'm sold. I, I figured out what we're going to do with this this wrestler thing I think about Amazon. My my thing is I hate those fucking games. It's like oh you want to yeah, play it? Cool, you want to now you're gonna have to spend money. Right, you're and... gonna have to you're gonna have to spend money to get the good shit. Yeah. Yeah. So I was we're able. Gonna, we're not I was gonna able go... get Bret Hart, which is like fucking a legendary guy, and just by playing the game. So. Okay, we're not gonna go with what the first thing that Amazon says. If you guys like mention a random wrestler, we're gonna go with the first thing that's not a wrestling item. Oh God. Okay. Because I just typed in Dick the Bruiser. Oh my. <laughs> and um, scroll, scroll, scroll. So how long was like, that dildo? <laughs> uh, I said how. A second. <laughs> but I'm going to keep talking, guys. We're, we're going to take a break, actually. Yep. And when we return. I got, I got a great one. What? Oh, good. When we return. We're just going to fucking fuck around with that for 20 minutes or so, I guess. Yep. Well, just this stretch. It's just uh, these freeform, a... These freeform shows are going to be fun. I know, but oh, this yeah. is just a preview. Typed in Dick the Bruiser, <laughs> and then you got down to to number 16. It was AWA number 161, Nick Bockwinkle, a magazine about Nick Bockwinkle. There's only one left. And then right below Nick Bockwinkle is a strapless vibrator nine-speed dildo. <laughs> and it's purple. Oofa. <laughs> Alright, let's take a break. We'll be right back. I think at this point I need to go have a cigarette. <laughs> Somebody tell me a wrestler. 
here. I'll fight it before we get before when you get back. Billy Jack Haynes. Oh. Oh my God. Stone Cold Steve Austin. All right. Oh, bitch. It's... Stone Cold <laughs> piece of shit. Stone Cold piece of shit. Like be women wants to come be me. Sounds like an engine repair. What direction? I'm wearing a woman's wig. I can't make it out. Seems like it's all around. Can't you hear it? We'll be right back with more of the Weekend Wrestle Podcast right after this. Welcome back, wrestling fans of the We Can't Wrestle podcast, the free form edition. Um, and we are having fun with Amazon now. And I've got another thing that I've kind of it, it, these things can intersperse together. I just I found something else interesting that that I was the to... third. That's like the third chapter. What you just said, I believe, is going to be the third chapter of Triple H's um, autobiography. What's that? Having fun with Amazon. <laughs> it's all about his relationship with China. Bauga. <laughs> she can pick me up and slam me, guys. <laughs> okay, so but while we were at break, Aaron said that he, uh, the Billy Jack Haynes didn't bring up much, I guess. No. Yeah. It was bad and you poor so xbox so i typed in jimmy hart <laughs> instead and the first non-related wrestling or non-wrestling related thing that came up was a book mm-hmm. and it's called murder in panama oh baby <laughs> the jimmy hart series book number one okay i picture jimmy hart as like a colombo type detective <laughs> just listen and this is the description i'm gonna read it as it is Rescued girls, search for international assassins, real Panama locations, and true facts about ozone therapy. Two female Peace Corps volunteers in Panama during their day off lost their boat and ha- and spent a night in, un- in an inhabitable, sorry, unwelcome coastline. They were lucky to be noticed by a stranger, probably American, but evidently a Panama resident. His straightforward attitude and body signed by Burns scars spoke loud about his adventurous life. He rescued them and offered them hospitality at his house to recover and contact their officials. Jimmy Hart and his friend Lowdown left an impression on him. <laughs> You're looking at the real deal suit. now. Yeah. Whoop. Jimmy Hart and his friend Lowdown <laughs> left an impression on Karina and Sue. The chemistry between them and their eccentric surroundings and the eccentric surroundings of Jimmy's existence on his private island became an exciting background for intelligence operations resolving 
five murders and preventing a sixth over the unpublished manuscript describing the advantages of ozone therapy. I don't know what's going on. When nutrition specialists with Oh my god, is this the whole book? <laughs> when a nutrition specialist with an international reputation and a shelf of bestsellers described to use his credibility and let the world know about ozone therapy, his publishers refused to publish it. The therapy banned and suppressed by medical community because it cures what clinical medicine would not, does not want millions of people to question about their doctors. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> I, know, I feel like I'm listening to the book on Audible. <laughs> Rarely known facts about ozone, ozone therapy and its actual uses are true facts and added value of a book. Added value to this book. The authenticity of the site and the author's familiarity with local habits make the book attractive to readers out of America's. That's Maybe. what it says. <laughs> I mean, it was a bit preachy. Yeah. As well, for a book about Jimmy Hart and D'Lo Brown going on an adventure. Yeah, I think this person is just trying to push their ozone therapy. <laughs> you think? <laughs> All right, I got one for you. I'll go next. All right. Bill Dundee, Daddy. <laughs> Let's see what Bill Dundee brings up. Yeah, Daddy. I don't like right, you. Guys. I don't like you, Daddy. You guys talk amongst yourselves while tell, I find it. Tell me your results, Jack. <laughs> you fucking I cannot look Bill Dundee at all, Aaron, by the way. Yeah, I told I told way. I told Kyle about your uh, potato covered in lint comment. <laughs> I thought that was fun. Uh the first thing that comes up is Crocodile Dundee too. Oh Christ. And then but there's also a Dundee welcome. Dundee welcome. Yeah. That sounds like that cost twenty five on the fucking street. Uh, actually, a Dundee welcome is how you doing, Daddy? I don't like you, Jack. <laughs> um, or him, or him just welcome you into his titty bar. <laughs> so, Kyle, what's who's your name? You want to give Aaron, and then I'm gonna while he's looking it up, I'm gonna talk about something I found that I thought was fun. All right, let's go with. You know what? Let's go with. Um, uh, Oh, fuck. The Taskmaster, Kevin Sullivan. No, it's going to be about Benoit's murder. Um, <laughs> the, the, the thing that I found, I, I found, a, I found... I haven't even stopped typing all of it. Yeah. And the first thing it does, like, the predictive whatever, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. is Kevin Sullivan, Ted Bundy. Like, <laughs> oh! Like oh, I man. said, the, the thing that I found, I found an actual list of the oldest wrestlers ever. Yeah, there's no... Oh, there's and, no even Kevin Sullivan wrestler at the start. No. You have to go like, like 10, 12 things down, and then there's like an Undertaker DVD. Well, what's the first thing? Uh, the Bundy Murders, A Comprehensive History <laughs> by, Kevin, by Kevin M. Sullivan. <laughs> what did you find, Nate? Oh, I just, I found this list of the oldest, the oldest, like the longest living wrestlers ever, and then there's a list of the oldest that are alive. Real quick, the top five oldest wrestlers ever. The oldest died in 2007, and his name was Abe Coleman. He's the oldest wrestler ever verified, and he lived to be 101 years old. Jesus. 
Number two is Angelo Savoldi, who I've heard okay. of but never seen. He lived to be 99 years old. The last surviving wrestling era, or veteran of the pioneer era. Um, the oldest, or the, the third oldest was Betty Wagner, who was the first wife and valet of Gorgeous George. She lived to be 98 years old. Was she the one that was at the Hall of Fame? Probably. I think so, yeah. She was actually pretty funny. Um, Dan McLeod lived to be 98. McLeod lived to be 98 years old. He was the last surviving American heavyweight champion and veteran of the Farmer Burns Frank Gotch era. He died in. Fuck. He lived to be 98. He, He died in 1958. So he was born in like 1860. And then the one that I thought was the most interesting, number five, the fifth oldest wrestler ever, was 96 years old, died in 2011, and it was actually Jack LaLanne. I didn't know Jack LaLanne was a wrestler, but he had a brief wrestling career apparently in 1938. Really? Yeah. Hmm. The current oldest wrestler living is Joe Desorio, who was the oldest British... He's the oldest British wrestler and referee still living. He's 96 years old. Bill Mercer is still alive at number two. Wow. 92 years old. The voice of world-class championship wrestling. Um, Carlos Roca, who was a Portuguese wrestler in the WWF, is 91 trying to find somebody we don't you know Pampero Furpo is still alive yeah and he's 80 88 years old did you know that my boss I was I went to work one day mm-hmm. and, I, and I wasn't even scheduled like I was just going in there to do something like you know because you got to do that sometimes mm-hmm. and I had my picture I had my Harley race shirt on and he was holding the NWA championship and he was like, I know that's a wrestler, but who is it? I'm like, it's Harley Race. He goes, I've never heard of him. I was like, really? And he was like, yeah. He's like, I remember guys. And then he said Pamperno Furno or whatever. Pampero Furpo? Yeah. I'm like, you remember Pampero Furpo, <laughs> but, but you, you don't, don't know who Harley Race is? <laughs> now I'm just looking at the list of the ones that are still alive at the ones that we would know. And some of them, I'm like, I can't, like, I didn't think, I didn't know Furpo was still alive. Jacques Rougeau Sr. is still alive at 88 years old. Good for him. Dick Byer, the Destroyer, is still alive at 88 years old. No shit. Mm-hmm. Don Leo Jonathan. Fuck, you hear that name and you're like, well, that guy's got to be dead. <laughs> you well, know? No, he was just interviewed on Yeah, he was on, yeah, I remember that now. Dominic Danucci's still alive. He's 86. Uh, Danny Hodge, I knew he was still alive. Rene Goulet is still alive at 86. Gene LaBelle is still alive, the old Los Angeles promoter. You're shitting me. He's 85. Les Thornton, Mr. Wrestling 2 is 83. Jose Lothario is still kicking at 83. Jake Roberts. <laughs> Blackjack Lanza's 82. I didn't... Actually, he's the opposite. I didn't know he was that old. Um, Larry Henning is 82. Uh, that's... And then the oldest... Let me give you a guess here. 
we'll go with top five. We'll just go the five. Um, all but one of them are dead. But who do you think is the oldest wrestler to ever perform at the age of 70 and over? Is. Luthez? Nope. Kyle, hmm. any guess? Well, well May Young or just Lula? May Young. Her last match, in her last match on November 10th, 2010, she took part in a False Count Anywhere match at a November 15th, 2010 match with uh, Lake Hool. <laughs> she was 80. That's what she called them bitches. She was 80. That? She was, yes, she was 87 years old when she did that. She was like, I'm going to take on you bitches. <laughs> <laughs> Number two, the oldest wrestler to perform a match was Killer Kowalski. At 81, that was in That was when he fought Bruno San Martino at the <laughs> Madison Square Garden, wasn't it? No. He actually, let me see, he wrestled his last match as he defeated Gino Giovanni, or Giovanni with a claw hold at Top Rope Promotions in Fall River, Massachusetts. He died a few That's months later. In front of 15 you, people. You know Gino Giovanni used that as part of his gimmick, like Killer Kowalski wrestled me and then he died. <laughs> Fabulous Moolah's number three. Wrestled her, see, that's what... Wrestled her last match in 2004 at 81 years old. You ever seen the video? Sorry. You ever seen no. the video on YouTube that somebody goes, Triple H to dedicates his match to Chris Benoit, and it's really Triple H to dedicate yes. his match to Killer Kowalski, and after the yes. match, he's like, that one's for the killer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Danucci, oh, yeah. who's still alive, wrestled his last match in 2012 at 80. Ox Baker wrestled his last match at 80 years old. In He's 2000. not still alive. He, no, he is not still alive. Now, who is the oldest living, still active professional wrestler? His most recent match took place on March 8th of this year, and he is 77 years old. Uh... So, me think is he more of an nwa or a wwf nwa ricky morton (laughs) jesus he's not that old he looks that old but he's not that old he's not (laughs) which on uh another wrestling facebook page somebody put a picture of if you bought um um, two cases of natural light. You got some ramen noodles thrown in. <laughs> and someone was like, this is rock bottom. And I put a picture of Ricky Morton. Uh, <laughs> it was like, damn, had a good deal. <laughs> and somebody was like, why'd you put Ricky Morton? I'm like, that motherfucker drank some natural light. There ain't no way about it. <laughs> But let me think. 77, and he's more of an NWA guy. Yeah, and he wrestled his last match in March of this year. Of course, it was a tag team match. Was it Baron Von Roschke? No. Then I don't know. Dory Funk Jr. Really? Uh, yep. Um, Old then, resting bitch face himself. <laughs> and then the, the, other, uh, the other four... Wrestlers that are still active 
that are the oldest. Um, the first one wrestled his last match in May of this year. Excuse me. At 76 years old. Old No Yab himself, Mil Mascaris. Um, on July 27th of this year, at 76 years old, our good friend Jimmy Valiant, the Boogie Woogie Man, is still uh-huh. is still wrestling at 76. As is as is Mr. Potato Bill Dundee at 74. He wrestled his last match in May of this year. Did he not look like a potato covered in lint? <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> and then also still active wrestling his uh, most recent match on July 15th of this year. So not too long ago at 71 years old. Whoa, it's Bushwhacker Luke. <laughs> Ow. So, yeah. Those guys lo- are so funny, the Bushwhackers. Yeah, they're even, fu- they're even funny promo-wise when they're the sheep herders. Like, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're really funny. All right, so anyway. Who are we searching next on the Amazon? You guys gotta tell me. We'll do like one more of them. Because this wasn't as fun as I thought it'd be. But... <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of one that might come up with some fun results. Papa Shango. Papa Shango. <laughs> I think it'll be fun. I hope it is. trick is you guys need to keep talking while I'm typing. I was thinking about editing in like Jeopardy music or something at this Ooh. point. <laughs> Papa Shango. Oh. You know, there's a, there's there a is a rap group. <laughs> I knew this would be good. <laughs> and their rap name is Papa Shango. But they're a a, a, a a white rap group and um, their album is Explicit Farmers of Destruction. <laughs> so I'm going to search for their song. I was about to do the same. I am so glad I brought up Papa Shango on this. That's fun. It's a gold mine. <laughs> what was that album name again? Farmers of Destruction? Farmers of Destruction. <laughs> I love it. Oh, shit. It's fun. I love it. Papa Shango rappers. Let's see. I'm assuming they're rappers because it said it was uh, explicit. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see what we get here. No, oh, no, that's just Papa Shango. <laughs> <laughs> I put Papa Shango rappers into YouTube, but all I'm getting. I wonder, like, I wonder how many times somebody said that. Be like, is he really mad, or what's going on there? Be like, oh, that's just Papa Shango. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Oh my god. (sighs) 
I don't think they're a rap group. Uh. Somebody has to do something. All right, let's end on Ric Flair. Mm. The Ric Flair drip. (laughs) Ric Flair drip, make a bitch go woo. The Ric Flair drip, go woo on a bitch. Yeah, Ric Flair drip, go woo on a bitch. (laughs) Tony Schiavone made it. The Schiavone drip, go poop on a bitch. (laughs) God. (laughs) That guy's so funny. Tony Schiavone is a funny motherfucker. For some reason, it's a Bruce Lee movie. Because <laughs> they're like, whoo, whoo, whoo. <laughs> I don't know, but it's, it's a Bruce Lee movie. And then after that, we're still going. You can buy some Ric Flair socks. Are they like the socks that he would wear like no, well maybe because they got his own face on him <laughs> well no I meant like is it like the fucking like Gucci socks or is it like no it's him? just it's got like his graphic on it and he would I don't be... know how I feel about wearing he would and only there's... he would only the... be wearing those socks by the way and then it's a Ric Flair drip like here's my issue with wearing socks like I don't know how I would feel if I was a star and someone's like I have your socks I'd be like... more I'd be more disturbed if they had my underwear yeah, that would be kind of... Like, I got your face under my balls. It's really cool. <laughs> like, uh, thank you? <laughs> thank well, thank you, I think. Uh... That would be obviously going into my profit, so I mean, thank you. That I appreciate may... I don't that. know why, but that reminded me the other day I was watching a, comp- a compilation <clears throat> of uh, um, celebrities reading mean tweets from... Uh, from uh, um, Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Kimmel's show, and John Goodman reads one. He's like, "You know that um, popcorn or that butter they put on your popcorn at the movie theater? That's actually John Goodman's ball sweat." <laughs> yeah, I've watched all those, and they're great. They're, the latest one is a rap one, and I've uh, seen yeah when they the, when Little Wayne's on there, mm-hmm. and Little Wayne's like. Little Wayne is what happens if you dump poor loco on a gremlin. <laughs> <laughs> or or Wiz, Wiz Khalifa looks like a homeless lady. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I really like the simple ones. Yeah. Uh, I love that. I love that <laughs> shit. Benj- um, um, Benjamin Cumberbatch always looks like he's had an allergic reaction to shrimp. <laughs> yeah. Shit like that. I like uh, the celebrities that are willing to laugh at yes, it. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, <laughs> like, I know they're all not taking it serious, but, like, there's that one, the guy's talking about Mafford and Son. Yes. And he's like, Mafford and Son makes the he type makes, of music that make, takes me yes, to another place. Yes, it takes place. me to another place. Like, when it plays, I want to take my no, son to another No, no. He, he says, uh, Mumford and Son's music takes me to another place. Like, if they're playing at that restaurant, I'm going to go to a different restaurant. (laughs) And then he Uh, says that one lady from Little Big Town or whatever looks like Zoolander or whatever. Yes. (laughs) That shit's just funny. 
<laughs> or uh, um, Sean Penn has number one, a penis nose. Number two, an anus mouth. Number <laughs> number three, a ball sack chin. Number four is a butthole. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I love them. Maybe I've already talked about this before, but one of my favorite things to watch is fucking Mike Tyson interviews. <laughs> Especially if he, when he gets pissed at the interviewer yeah. for something. I'm making my bitch. <laughs> well, yeah, because it's funny because they'll be like, you'd be like, oh, Tyson, like, you bit... Evander's ear that really wasn't that you know sportsman like I'm like man you piece of shit they're like you know what Mike you're right I'm sorry about that the worst one or the let best me, one let me read it let me fix my life I'm sorry man the worst one slash the best one is when he tells that guy I'll fuck you till you love me <laughs> it's like oh my god <laughs> that's never worked for you <laughs> that's what I would have told him just ask Robin Gibbons ah <sighs> Yep. Or Robin Leach. This podcast has gone off the rails, which is great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gotta love it. Oh, oh, Papa Shango. I'm still looking at Papa Shango on my browser here, you know. Like, Papa Shango. Ultimate Warrior vomits after Papa Shango puts a curse on him. Legendary. If he was Everyone else vomits when Ultimate Warrior gets in the ring. And, and you know, you know, you know, Warrior was like, if I just wait ten years, he won't put a curse on me. He'll offer me some hoes. Yeah, I think I don't. What do you think was the worst incarnation of fucking Charles Wright? I gotta say, it was the Good Father. Comma. Gama, really? Yeah. The Supreme Fighting Machine. Like, I guess at the time it didn't register, but as I when I when I watch stuff back now, Kama when he was in that incarnation, he was very boring to me. I don't know, just very very boring. He wasn't he wasn't um, him and Undertaker kind of had shitty matches, and it didn't make sense that he was with Ted DiBiase and. He was just, it was boring. So right. I say, I say comma, the original comma, the ultimate fighting machine or whatever he was, the supreme fighting machine, because they couldn't use ultimate, obviously. When they fucking melted down the urn and made it into a fucking chain. Yeah, it was butt. Because, <laughs> you know, Vince McMahon is not racist. <laughs> like, uh, oh, I don't know, when you fucking take Tony Atlas and make him Sabo Simba. That wasn't fucking racist at all. It's over, pal. <laughs> Jesus. And Tony Atlas is like, I'll do whatever you want, Mr. McMahon. <laughs> yeah, you he's can like, get some, some coming. Get some bitches to walk on me. We good. <sighs> all right, guys. Is there anything else, or can we wrap this show up? Put a no. bow. Put a speaking bow. Speaking of it. speaking of that uh, that videotape and everything else, watch the fucking. Legends House, where Piper talks about, he's like again with the fucking tape. <laughs> he's like he brings it everywhere he goes. And... <laughs> Legends House, I wish they'd bring it back. Oh yeah, 
Dude. What was funny was when uh, Piper was talking about that because he's like the guy's. Well, we all know reality TV is a fucking a sham, but yes, he's like, yeah, the the guys kept fucking fucking with Tony Atlas and Jim Duggan, like trying to get them to go at each other. Fucking Piper's like, what are you gonna do if they actually fucking go at it? I'm not getting in the middle I'm of not getting in the middle of that. Fuck that. <laughs> I think my favorite my favorite moments from the original from that you know like that first season of of Legends House. <sighs> I I like the Mean Gene stuff. Yeah, I like it when Mean Gene can be crass. All right, so that being said, I guess we'll wrap up this edition of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. The next edition will be a top ten edition of the show nice and i have not yet decided what top 10 i want to do do you guys have any ideas top 10 wrestling merchandise do you have any ideas aaron no Hmm. (laughs) that was helpful trying anything i can do buddy well i will i have a couple of ideas i'll shoot it to the co-hosts and then um we'll let you folks know through the facebook page also right now there is a contest going on on the facebook page for a wrestling collectible if you if you follow and share the podcast gonna do a drawing on august 30th so in just a few days for a winner for someone to win a wrestling collectible item. And other than that, I don't have anything else. Just like, share the Facebook page for the We Can't Wrestle podcast, and we thank you for joining us. Have you mentioned what it was? It is a Young Bucks autograph photo. That's pretty nice stuff. He's good stuff, man. It's like the fucking old days when you used to order a pay-per-view from wrestling. They'd send you something. Shitty keychain. Yeah, be like, oh, you bought the fucking WCW Bash at the Beach, the Hulk Hogan fucking flow. I always like, thought it, I always thought it was right. I always thought it was funny when it would be something for a wrestler you didn't want. Like, you can get this Disco Inferno keychain. <laughs> get your free Buff Bagwell pennant. Yes, like Buff. I got this Buff thing. Buff Bagwell pool floaty. <laughs> like, ah, oh, fuck. Oh shit. All right. Aaron? What? Say goodbye to the listeners. Goodbye, listeners. Kyle, say goodbye to the listeners. Bye, listeners. Aaron, it was great having you back on here. Yes. Thank you. And Don't I will... forget we're going to watch that video. Oh, yes, okay. yes. All right, well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us on the We Can't Wrestle podcast. And uh, like I said, like, share, follow the Facebook page. I will be doing that drawing in just a couple of days. And other than that, we will have a top ten coming up on next week's show. That will be fun. It will be fun. It will be fun. Remember Obama's reptile. And he he actually uh, he was part of the murder of Nancy Benoit, I believe. Yeah, he was. It was fucking Obama that did it. Who knew? Fucking Obama. How about that? As the as Al Jolson, ouch.
sings to to Tootsie. We thank you for joining us in the We Can't Wrestle podcast. And we'll see you next week on a top ten edition. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. We'll see you next week.